podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the FYP Extra podcast uh, here at Selhurst Park at the back of the stand after Palace have just beaten Brighton, their biggest rivals, 3-2. This podcast is sponsored by Miranda James Photography. Visit mirandajamesphotography.com. And I'm joined today by Adam Sells on the uh, FYP Salescast. Hi, Adam. Thank you for that welcome. You're welcome. Nice to be with you, Andrew, as always. Indeed, the pleasure is all mine, Adam. And yeah, I'm also I'm sure. joined by, t- by Tony Fletcher. Hello there, Andy. How's it going? Uh, big friend of the pod, and uh, great to have you back, Tony. Guys, was that, and I'll put this to you, Adam, the most excruciating Palace game of the season? Probably, yes. I feel uh, like it was a slight anticlimax, really. Uh, so, although we've come over the line and won, there were still quite a lot of questions there at the end and uh, throughout the game. You know, my view of it was that the first half, I'm since I stopped working with uh, Gary with the under 18 team the last five seasons I've seen every game league and cup home and away and I can't remember a half where we've been so dominant against another team and played so well so I felt wholly disappointed to come in at half time leading 3-2 you know the game should have been out of sight and as we talk you know when when you're in the ascendancy you've got to make the game stick and we left the door ajar like we did last week and this time we got away with it so uh, delighted to win but uh, it was pretty uncomfortable in the end It's becoming a bit of a theme this Tony isn't it that we kind of feel that we're not putting games to bed D- did it feel like that today to you or, or, or did you feel it was actually more comfortable than perhaps no, vested no, fans no, might have no, thought my, my heart was in my mouth throughout the second half we were never totally in control but all of all of, that, all of that said and agreeing with what uh, Selzy just said, looking at it on paper, we played our biggest rivals, we really wanted this, we scored three goals at home in 24 minutes, we won it 3-2, we're only one point below Brighton, no reason we shouldn't finish above them in the table, three massive points that should really help us and be safe, we're, we're pretty much safe but get us closer, so on paper, on the face of it, utterly brilliant day and for the first 10 minutes alone, you know, joyous. The second half was probably the longest second half I've ever sat through in my life. It went on and on and on, and I'm still quite amazed that Brighton didn't score. But yeah, you know, like we were, we were just saying, we actually, for once, we held out. It's been murder to watch these last few games, and whether it's been top six sides or been Bournemouth, we've been we've let in a late goal. We didn't do it today, and that of itself has to be seen as a victory. Tony mentions there, Adam, that they they did come out of the gates like an absolute steam train in the first sort of 15 minutes was there too much intensity at the start no not really I thought the game was there and we attacked the game and you know Chris Hewton who I had the pleasure of spending a bit of time with a couple of times is a very good fella but by default he's quite cautious I would say and I didn't think that they would come roaring out the traps at us I think his view would be stay in the game stay in the game and then try and catch us and really we were absolutely fantastic our movement was was terrific our link up play round the box chance after chance 
Wilfred was absolutely mesmeric, to be honest. He even scored a header today. I've only ever seen him head the ball about three times, and twice against Brighton, and it ended up in the net. But uh, yeah, I mean, we, we were absolutely fantastic. But defensively, in the first half, we gave up cheap goals and looked nervous and edgy. And I've got to say also, I think the crowd played their part in that because when we were 2-0 up, the noise was deafening and as soon as we conceded, there was a sort of nervousness that ran through the stadium. And again, when we conceded 3-2, that sort of stayed in the stadium for the rest of the game, you know. So I, uh, I can't say I ever felt comfortable and I was almost thinking that there was going to be an inevitable late kick in the plums again and we were going to be... Uh, done over but uh, we managed to get away with it do you think the anxiety in the crowd was really permeating in the second half Tony or was it just the fact that we're getting used now as a team to uh, dropping deeper later on I think I think it was total anxiety we were all very very nervous I I, I totally agree there that the, the, the crowd we did drop back we did drop back because when it went 2-1 and when it went 3-2 we've just realised Brighton were in this game that we should have seen them off we were all over them but maybe I think maybe the intensity of the game the speed with which we came out is part of what gave Brighton a chance because did they not score from their first two chances I mean it certainly felt like they it did. they did yeah first they half they had two shots on goal both of them winning yeah ab- absolutely and one of them is credited to Murray and you kind of knew that was going to happen I think we were just we were unbelievably nervous look Palace don't make things easy right that's part of this club we never ever ever make things easy we didn't make today easy, but again, at least you know this this time last week against Bournemouth, we're sitting there going, we let in a late goal in a game we absolutely should have won against opposition that we're good enough to beat them, and we didn't do it. And and I'm just looking on the bright side today. We held out. That could give a lot of confidence for the last four games you know, going ahead. That we will have that confidence to know we can close close out the game, even if it's a little bit hard in the mouth time. Was that? the entire Palace season in one game Chelsea <laughs> I did have the same thought actually at one point so yeah I guess you could say that encapsulated our season but I used to say to the young players when you work with them at the club always before games when we're talking in the in the dressing room the some of the things that you'd reinforce week after week is make it stick when you're in the ascendancy because no two halves are the same and I used to say to the lads remember if you're on top in the first half, whilst you're on top and the game's going on and you're recognising it, don't think that it's just going to keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. Because once half-time comes, managers, coaches change things, they work things out, they stop things, and uh, no two halves are ever likely to be the same. And, and that proved the case today, didn't it? You know, we um, had that thing with Sam Allardyce, respect the point. And you know, we, we weren't able to get Roy's uh, post-match conference today, but I was just wondering whether he was saying at halftime, respect the three points, because I had this feeling in the second half that we were not going particularly hard for a fourth goal, that the, 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 the mission was to protect that lead at all costs, which created the sense of panic because Brighton knew that they were, I'm sure the possession was all for Brighton in the second half, so they knew that they were coming at us. And if that was the word to go out and do that again, it paid off, but it was a very, very nervy thing to do. It was, it was respect the three points. About 45 minutes is a long time to go out and protect the lead. A long time. Is that Palace safe now, Selzy? No. No, no, no. I'm I'm old school, unfortunately. I'm old enough to uh, 
remember Oldham very vividly and going down with 49 points and you know the lap of honour against Ipswich three games uh, we had two games afterwards at Manchester City drew nil-nil and then got beat by Arsenal and you never saw them beating Villa that were going for the title on the Sunday Liverpool and Southampton I think it was that got them through so I take nothing for granted in football and you know just got to get, keep getting the point I mean I'm delighted to get the points but in the manner in the end that it was achieved it felt very very uncomfortable Was it complacency about Brighton's ability Tony or is it just a product of a team being a bit nervous because of the position they're in or, or what, what do you think led to it? I think it's nerves the position that we're in I don't think we were complacent at all Brighton, Brighton started the day four points above us and we knew they were going for it as well and I just, yeah I think nerves nerves got the better of us I mean yeah, one interesting thing is we, there's been a lot of criticism of Roy for not playing subs when we've been in a winning position and he changed that today I mean I, I was talking to our friend Kevin before the match and he was saying that uh, Roy will make substitutions when we're in a losing position but not in a winning position so he did today and that was still a nervy thing I mean we were talking just before we went on air was that did those actually pay off well they did because we won but they were also a nervy thing I think you know today was everything in a way that a derby match should be um, it was you know the ground was the ground was packed before the game started it was noisy there were goals pinging in left right and centre if you, if you go through that and it becomes a one goal game it's going to be nervy for either side it would have been nervy if Brighton had been in the league they would have been nervy I, I think that was partly the nature of how much it meant to everybody and I also want to say about Wilf a couple of things you know he gave that interview two days ago and I have I'm, I'm not sure I've ever really seen an interview where a player has sounded so much like a fan, like, you know, send them back where they came from. And he lived up to it very, very quickly by scoring the goals. And I also just saw, and it came from FYP, so if, uh, if it's wrong, blame FYP. The last time he scored two goals in the game, you know what it was? Uh, Brighton in the playoffs? Yep. <laughs> there we go. Unbelievable. I'm, I'm glad you raised the point about the substitutions. Because Roy was sort of roundly criticised last week for not making changes and I defended him in the sense of you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. And today, if I'm looking at it positive, I'll say, well, did the job, saw the game through, got the points, that's the job, got the result, that's all that matters. But if I'm looking at it negatively, I might argue that uh, attack was the best form of defence and when we were on the front foot, and having a real go at them, they really struggled to contain us. And as we conceded ground and sat deep, and and I was actually very surprised, I have to say, that he kept Luca on the field for 90 minutes because I was expecting to see him come off because effectively, after the handball and then the tackle that he got away with, he couldn't make a tackle for the rest of the game. And when you're trying to defend the lead, it's not ideal that your central midfield player has to tiptoe around and can't lean on anyone or make a challenge for risk of um, getting his marching orders. So I was actually surprised that he wasn't replaced with Reid Avowed um, in that sense. But I'm not sure, you know, the change of Loftus-Cheek or the change of Benteke particularly did anything for us. In fact, I thought we looked worse rather than better. But I guess that's uh, just a view. And the, the other side of it is, well, we've got the three points. We, he saw the game out job done you know if he's listening to this Roy might feel he, uh, he proved his point he brought on subs in a winning position and maybe he didn't make us any better so maybe next time he doesn't bring them on 
even if we let in a late goal, he might he might be able to say, well, you know, I, I tried it last time round and, and we, we didn't play any better. So, you know, he obviously likes to stick with the players he's got. And I think he also really wanted to give Benteke a chance to prove himself. He didn't have very long to prove himself. He didn't do too much apart from that one really nice move overall where he put the ball through the wheel from could have had his hat trick and just kind of skied it, but yeah, by that point, Wolf had already put everything into the game, scored his two goals. I think Wolf was lucky not to get sent off, by the way. That, he was uh, engaged in some serious dissent when he got that booking, and there are other referees who would have actually shown the red for a continued arguing. Do you think he was too emotional to that time, Selzy? Perhaps he's one of these guys, though, I know him very well, and he he's an emotional guy that lives on the edge a little bit and sometimes with those players to get those type of performances that, that that's a sort of byproduct of it and that's that's what comes but I thought actually Andre Mariner Andre Andre sorry whatever uh, I thought he handled the game actually reasonably well and I think in a normal game you might have seen a few more cards earlier but I think he used a bit of common sense and experience and thought it's a derby game, it's hectic, the hurly-burly and the challenges going in, he would be sensible. And I think if, he, if he'd probably done it on any other Saturday, it'd have been about eight aside by half-time. But, uh, yeah, I thought he, he actually was, was pretty reasonable. Uh, did Luca deserve to be sent off, Tony? No, I don't think so. Okay. And also, I, I also think that Mariner did the right thing by just letting that go with, with Zaha. Zaha does thrive on the edge. I mean, that's what his passion is what drives him. He's, he's such a passionate player all around, but you know, particularly for Palace, the love that he has for Palace. I think it was the right thing. You know, you've got there's a point, a good point being made there because if you if you start booking players early in the derby game, you're going to have to end up sending somebody off because the tackles will kill, keep coming in. And I think it was good that we left with all 22 players today. I think that's, you know, that's, that's smart. I don't think we really, much as we would call for it, we wouldn't be happy if we were Brighton fans or somebody got sent off. So uh, I think it was good. I think it was actually all handled pretty well. I would, I would say to you, actually, that given the uh, incident here a fortnight ago with Mane, we'd have probably been a bit sick to see Luca get sent off for a silly handball <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that challenge. But... Uh, yeah, that would have been the uh, the ultimate kick in the proverbials. But, uh, yeah, we got away with that one. And we're going to get away with this part. Very good. Thank you, you very much. Been le- I've been, you I've, could do this every week. I've been know. learning you're, from JD. You're actually not bad at this. And uh, join us again in, in, in part two. We'll have a bit more discussion about the match. After so many last-minute disappointments this season, that final whistle was something of a relief today. Yeah, we died a few, died a few deaths there in the last 15 minutes in particular, especially after doing so well in the first half. I thought the team you know, played so well, and I was obviously disappointed that we didn't have a better margin to build our second half upon with those two goals that they got back on us. But uh, it's good also to know, to be honest, that your team can hold on. Uh, Brighton were very good second half. They, they, they took much more initiative. They got a lot of balls into the penalty area. They crossed the ball much earlier. And they asked questions of our goalkeeper and back four. But that's going to happen. You know, with these four games to go, as we, as we are trying to scramble our way over the line, I can guess there'll be plenty of those matches. And it's just nice for once to come into 
a dressing room to come into my office after the game, knowing that, yeah, second half it could have gone pear-shaped for us. You know, we could have conceded that equalising goal. There's no doubt about that. But on the other hand, it's nice to know that uh, we didn't on this occasion because there have been so many occasions where I've sat here and listened to people sympathising with our plight and saying your performance deserved a lot better, but you know, a late goal has killed you again. On this occasion, the late goal didn't kill us. and We got the three points that we so badly need and we gave our fans a, a fantastic game of football to, to watch and hopefully go home happy with the fact that we are three points further up the league. Very pleased with the performance of uh, Wayne Hennessy today. Excellent. Half. Excellent. I thought he was very good. He was good in the first half too. He had much to do in the first half, but the little bits of pieces he had to do, he did well. But second half, when the pressure was being applied and balls were coming into the box a lot more than they were in the first half, because it was almost non-existent in the first half, he had to really step up to the plate and did a wonderful job. Any other questions? Roy, um... Can't help, uh, I don't blow any trump for England, but can't help thinking that Will Saha has really slipped through England's fingers if when you look at a performance like that, that he should be at the World Cup. And, you know, yeah, we, we obviously agree with that, but I, I'm partly responsible because I gave him his debut for England, but then he was at Manchester United not playing, so he didn't, he didn't follow up on that. I gave him his debut as a Crystal Palace player. We got a big move to Man United, so we didn't follow up on it enough so I would have to say that I bear some responsibility there but I'm pretty certain that there are many England managers uh, who will follow me who will say yeah what a pity that this guy did choose the Ivory Coast over England because to be honest he'd be more than happy to play for England I think he just was seduced by the Ivory Coast and part of the seduction was you won't play a lot of games for England so sign for us instead um, watching him now but also, it's moments in time with football players. And let's be fair, you know, they, at the moment, Wilf, this season, has been in superb form. Last season, towards the end, too. But there were years before that, especially the Man United years, where perhaps he wasn't the Wilf so high you're seeing today. And unfortunately, national team selectors and football coaches, we don't have crystal balls. We can't, we can't be certain of seeing those things. But another player, I think, who still has a hope to be an England candidate must have strengthened his chances at least of being watched and assessed today in Ruben Loftus-Cheek because uh, we had to take him off for the last 10 minutes or so. He's starting to cramp up. But his performance for 80 minutes, I thought, was fantastic. And that's on the basis of three months out from football. You know, three months we lost him between the middle of December and the middle of March. He was at Chelsea recovering from an injury. Chris, can you use the mic, please? I can hear you. Yeah. Could you sum up how, how good he is now and how important he is to the team now, having got through that bad period and come back to him? Well, he's very important. and I believe, from what I hear from the club, how important he was last season when, once again, it was a relegation battle and he really stepped up to the plate and, and helped the team to survive. He's doing his level best to try and help us survive as well. We can't ask any more of him than he's giving us. And I think for Wolf, his, his question has always got to be the question you, you pose to yourself. You're in your best football years. You've got a lot of years ahead of you. Um, what am I going to do 
to get better because his dribbling ability and his ability on the ball that's been good for a long long period of time so what step can he take to really get himself up there if you like in terms of being recognised in the same way that people like Sanchez got recognised at the Arsenal uh, Eden Hazard's been recognised at, at Chelsea uh, what's he going to do to make that, that step? Um, but I believe, with his qualities, there's no reason why he can't take the step and become even better. But of course, this season, he's going to be involved in a dogfight. And you probably only see the real best of him when you know, we are playing for our lives every, every, every Saturday. Okay. Okay, Thanks thank you very much. Welcome back to the FYP podcast extra after Palace's 3-2 win against Brighton at Selhurst Park. This podcast is sponsored by Miranda James Photography. Visit mirandajamesphotography.com. Selzy. Hello. Let's talk about Wayne Hennessy's performance. You are obviously our goalkeeping connoisseur. What did you make of Wayne today? I actually thought he did pretty well and uh, I thought it was difficult. He came and took the pressure off us in the second half by claiming some decent crosses and getting his fists on a couple of things I think the fans that are annoyed and frustrated with him kicking the ball out of play uh, without wanting to sound condescending or rude to anybody I think they have to understand the context of what he's being asked to do Um, Ruben Loftus-Cheek is the only player without Benteke on the field that he can kick to he'll go and stand very very wide on the touchline so that if the ball is too straight and we don't win the header it doesn't come back on us and we're turning and in an uncomfortable position which means he has to just strike the ball into the area and look for him to get a run and a jump and, and win a header now unfortunately when you're asking him to do that and he's kicking very wide like that in that situation some of those uh, are going to end up going over his head and out of play and so on so I hope everyone understands it isn't the fact that it's just a poor kick it's not that he's actually being asked to do something and put the ball in that area so that if we do lose the second ball we're not in a, a weak situation on the turn so that that's what it's all about and I don't want everyone to think that he's you know kicking the ball into touch every two minutes for the hell of it as some people seem to suggest around me during the second half you know was it his best game of the season do you think um we didn't make too many saves fortunately we didn't have so much of it but I thought he did very well with his with his aerial stuff I'm not a big fan of Wayne so I have to say but he uh, I thought today he uh, acquitted himself reasonably well and certainly helped take pressure off us during that long second half we seem to have a long second half of uh, lawn mowing here right in front of us so apologies if that sound is slightly I, I too reckon, intrusive. I reckon our listeners will be asleep by now with that nice hum in the background. Very it's soothing. nice, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, I, I certainly didn't feel anywhere near being asleep in that second half. Did we invite the pressure too much, Tony? Yeah, we totally did. We sat back towards the end. Um, we, we sat. Uh, you can hear the crowd actually getting on the players. I think we're just watching uh, Wolf come. Uh, is that Wolf? It is Will. Yeah, yeah, coming in front of us right now. Yeah, coming to join us on the FYP podcast, yeah, perhaps. That would, that would be nice. <laughs> or maybe just going <laughs> home. I think, I think maybe not. I don't know. He seems no. to be heading up this way. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, you can hear the fans actually get on the players' backs quite a bit in the last ten minutes. The ball 
the ball was relentlessly in our half and we were giving Brighton way too much space, way, 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 way too much space. Um, I think we really, really got away with one today. Quite often this season, we've, we've actually looked like we've defended better only to let in the late goal against arguably superior sides, you know, top six sides. Um, Brighton, Brighton were like a real mess at the beginning of the game. Those two goals we scored, their defence just looked a shambles. So we, we obviously, in that, for that reason alone, we deserved the win. But I could definitely sense the frustration again towards the end of the game. Fans were sort of like jumping up, like why are we letting them press so hard? And uh, I'm not really sure why we did. It's it's really we played. Yeah, you know, we're talking about Wilf playing close to the edge. The entire team played close to the edge today, really, didn't we? Is this where the luck finally turned, Adam? Well, let's hope so because we've had our our fair share of bad luck, but. As I said to you before, these games, these five games starting today, you know, we chatted during the week about, you know, on, on paper, if you add the points together and average them out, we had the the best run of fixtures of any of the 20 Premier League teams. So if we don't assemble the points required uh, to keep us in this league, I think we still have only ourselves to blame, regardless of luck and fortune, because I think the luck and fortune has stopped us being where we should which is in the top half with the quality we've got and the squad that we've got but the other side of it is we really must sort of put teams away and uh, and make sure and I think the crowd have got to play their part there as well because I don't think they help the players in the second half with that sort of nervousness around the ground I know that's very easy to say but uh, that transmits onto the pitch you know and uh, I think perhaps if I go back to the first season when we were around this time with Tony Pulis, I think they would have uh, got behind the team regardless of that all the way through because they didn't expect too much. But um, I can understand the anxiety and and that sort of transmitting in the sense that it looked so comfortable and then we looked like we were going to make a bit of a dog's dinner of it, to be honest. But, um, you know, we... Uh, We've come away with a win, and that's a big step to staying in the league for next season, isn't it? Well, that seems, uh, on the chat of big steps, like the appropriate time to take a big step out of this podcast. And I've got to say thank you very... You that, that, was, getting, that was a bit uh, hackneyed, that one. I'm, 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 actually, I'm, I'm a bit I'm disappointed, actually, that, that was one. very JD-like. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit totally, disappointed. Totally on the fly. Yeah. Uh, J- JD. substitute. So Roy made his subs today. <laughs> <laughs> he made their subs today. <laughs> and we all come out. And all has way. ended well. Yeah, JD will be worried for his slot next week. You know, don't know if he can change a winning team and all that sort well, of Well, he might end up uh, being the bene- uh, getting the benefit of a, a bad... Uh, replacement like when wan was replaced today with Joel Ward <laughs> sometimes the inferior player comes in so maybe JD will be there, back there, next week there was me actually about to say with you hosting that you'd managed to, to stop being controversial because you were having to <laughs> ask the questions so no doubt our listeners will uh, check out uh, Andy Street's Twitter account for your uh, weekly dose of controversy and upset tonight and over the weekend Fingers As he's crossed. not been able to give it to you here today. Fingers crossed. Well, thanks very much for uh, joining us, guys. A pleasure. And Cheers. thank you very much for listening, listeners. We'll be back with a main podcast discussing this uh, momentous win, an important win, in great depth on Wednesday. So join us then. Thank you very much. Cheers. Bye. Podcast Network.